Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. News team, assemble! Hello! And welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. This is our weekly news roundup, and the date is the 21st of March. We'll be relaying everything that's happened in the last seven days. I am Troy, and joining me today is Big Tasty. How are you, dear? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm, uh, awesome. I was at a progress show last night. That was grand. I managed to get back at a decent time, so I feel, I feel fresh. Unlike nice. usual, I'm led astray by Jay to drink a lot post wrestling show. So uh, yeah, all good. All How good. was the show? What was the uh, what was the main event? Kara Noir versus Jonathan Gresham, title versus title. Oh shit! Yeah, there's still yeah. Uh, we need to talk. We'll talk about this a bit later because there's some there's some hilarious um, consequences of this match that we, we need to discuss. <laughs> in that in that saying that, we'll uh, we'll crack straight on then. Uh, we'll start with some WWE. Uh, and NXT news. Uh, so, after weeks of speculation, PW Insider is reporting that Cody Rhodes has finally re-signed with WWE. He was reported to have signed sometime in the last two weeks, and it is apparently scheduled uh, for him to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Sean Ross Sapp said that he spoke to some top talent in WWE recently who are very excited at the prospect of Cody Rhodes being brought back to the company. Uh, Dave Meltzer also mentioned on the Wrestling Observer Radio that he's pretty sure Rhodes won't have to give up his outside gigs like hosting the Go Big Show uh, by signing with WWE. So this has been back and forth and up in the air and on the quiet for better part of a month now, I think. And oh, it's almost... been it's been it's been all over the place. It's not like when we were on um, main event the other week with mm. with Tom. Uh, so and it just broken and like no one knew what was happening and mm. yeah it's 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 been everything hasn't it like there's been Cody's gone to WWE Cody's coming back to AW Cody's going to Ring of Honor uh-huh. you know it's like the rumor mills just spun yeah everything I mean everything was it seemed like everything was dead in the water this time last week it was just everything's quiet it's probably not going to happen and well apparently then, it was it was already done apparently yeah yeah and then boom yeah. Apparently, so um, I saw I saw one piece of additional info, which, if true, is interesting. Is that mm. apparently the offer he got from WWE monetarily was very close to what AEW offered him? I heard that, like it was something barmy, like within the three to four million range. Like, yeah, I've, I've I've heard three a year thrown around. Yeah. I mean, which, that's, you know, I mean, I do a lot for three million pound a year. I don't. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot I wouldn't do for three million pound a year. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is mental. And you consider... Like, I'll be Stardust I mean, for three million pounds a year. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. No, no, I might. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's if true. And obviously, rumours at this point, you can merely speculate. Um, that's that's colossal money. When you, you look comparatively at what others in the company are on, I know... I think it came out recently, AJ's contract that he'd re-signed, and it was it was a fair whack. I think it was up there around that mark. Um, yeah, crazy. So possibly likely at WrestleMania against Rollins. How do you feel about that match? Is that is that something you look it'll forward be to a, seeing? It'll be a spectacle, won't it? I mean, I have fear that he's not going to get the sustained push mm. that I think he might you might want, and it's. I don't know. I, I see right. I don't know what this all is. So obviously, he one of the reasons allegedly he didn't resign with AW was because he felt like he didn't have the the sort of the control that he had at the start of the, when the company was first formed. Yeah, and like Tony Khan had taken a lot of the the sort of direction away from him, and almost to a point where like I don't think AW was becoming the company that he wanted it to be when it first started. I see. It sort of moved away from that. Right. So is this just a case of right? Well, if I can't do it my way. I may as well just do it someone else's way on the bigger stage and, you know, mm. get the most exposure. Because he's yeah. not going to get any sort of control in WWE. No. Well, certainly not in terms of producing EVP, like backstage, like maybe over his 
character, I guess, but certainly no firm, not to the extent that he had in AEW. Um, yeah, like uh, me and me and Aaron had a bit of a back and forth on this the other week, and this, and I'm sure you've probably spoken about it as well with him. But this is essentially setting the benchmark for any other AEW talent that may come over in the future. Yeah, so and if, his, if, Vince can, if Vince can hold off the burial, yeah, because you know he loves to bury people who come in from other companies. Yeah. If he yeah. can just hold off, because he's got it, like you say, he's got to set the example here. Like you can't, you can't turn around to MJF in a year's time and say, "Oh yeah, if you come over here, look, look at what we'll do for you." And like Cody's like wrestling for the twenty four seven title, <laughs> you know, as Stardust, as Stardust, and Cody <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ah, uh, yeah. It's 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 big news. Um, and we're what three weeks out from WrestleMania now, so we'll yeah. see. I, I don't know how they play it. I don't know it, if, it if he feels, just shows up at Mania. It, it feels really important, this, doesn't it? Because mm. like when everyone goes from WWE to AW, everyone says the same thing. Like I wanted more control of my character. Mm-hmm. I wanted like to, to work in a more wrestling-focused environment. I wanted to just do wrestling and be a wrestler. Whereas this is the first time anyone's gone the other way, really. Mm. Like without, you know, one or two, like Priscilla Kelly and, and a few others, like who sort of T- Tina Sabatelli. Don't worry about him. <laughs> Ooh, no, we don't talk about him. Uh, <laughs> apart from a few, maybe double dip the toes in here and there. This is like the first time a major player from one company's gone the other yeah. way. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting because, like, what the WWE have to offer? What do they have to offer? Someone yeah. who wants to wrestle a bigger a bigger platform, maybe if you if you if you're hell bent on yeah. being on WrestleMania, hmm. then yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they've got to be careful because I could say if he's if he's kicking around on main event within six months, then yeah, doesn't bode well for the likes of your MJFs that you know apparently WWE are interested in Wardlow. They like the look of him. Um, Britt Baker's Britt Baker's, yeah, exactly. Um, Jade Cargill, another one. Yeah. So yeah, got to play their cards right here. Uh, moving on. Yeah, moving on to the next one then. Uh, so according to Dave Meltzer, Daddy Dave himself, uh, WWE are apparently considering making two-night WrestleManias a permanent fixture going forward. So this year's event was apparently seen by many as a test. So it was the first year with full crowds permitted uh, since they switched to the two-day format. Obviously, the first year was in the Performance Center. They had no crowds. Last year, they had a restricted capacity because of COVID regulations. So this is the first time they've had like full stadium capacity with a two-night mania. Uh, however, uh, they've currently sold close to 60,000 tickets for each night, and it is currently being considered a success, so they are happy with the numbers of tickets sold. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I, so I know for years and years, a lot of people clamoured for a two-night mania. They were like, one night's too bloated, no one wants to sit down and watch, what, it was getting up to seven hours for, for one, one night at WrestleMania. Yeah. And rightfully people saying it should be a two-night event however in making it a two-night event for me that gives them more space to kind of blow out the one like each night with a lot of filler i'm gonna say this this year's card feels a little stodgy doesn't it yeah as a result of that and and that's the thing it's just like well yeah you may have two nights but there's no it's not a quality it's not quality across both nights there's a lot of filler there like there's two three matches this year that i have some interest in that's Edge and AJ, the likely Rollins and Cody match, and Brock versus Reigns, and only just to see what happens. Just because of the stipulation, because it's yeah, unification. Unification. Like, which which way are they going to go with it? Like yeah, yeah. Um, aside from that, I'm just yeah. I I'm interested to see what Pat McAfee does again. Like. You know, this is his NXT performance a couple of years ago as Adam Cole uh, was really, really good. It'd be interesting to see what he does. It'd be cool to see him get kind of a, a thing on WrestleMania. But yeah, aside from that, there isn't a huge a lot on there that I'm really interested in. So bloated it, it's, out for it's, two it's, nights. It sucks for the fans as well. So like how much are these tickets still the same price as like original Mania was mm. per night? Mm. I don't know, but to your point, so yeah, are you, are you, are you still case. paying the same price to get half of WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is with with stuff like 
Wrestle Kingdom wears two nights. It warrants it. Like there's enough on the card to fill it. There's not a lot of filler on there, if any. Like they really trim the fat with Wrestle Kingdom. And like, if it, I mean, this year was three nights, wasn't it? The third night was, yeah. was nowhere against New Japan. Um, but that makes sense. But I think what's baffling to me is like you make WrestleMania two nights in, in like combined. It's probably about eight hours. Like both shows are four hours, and yet half half the the card is like fucking celebrity nonsense matches. And you're like, this is your biggest event of the year. You've got two nights to really showcase everything. And you've got all of this other talent here that rarely gets on TV. You can't make space from on a WrestleMania card over two nights, but you can make space for fucking Logan Paul. Like, it's just balmy. I don't want to see Logan Paul. Also, have they, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't, they haven't yet announced what matches are on what night. No. So if you can only afford to go to one night, and you really want to see Seth Rollins? You've got to flip a coin and <laughs> hope, you yeah. the, hope you buy a ticket for the night that he happens to be on. I mean, that's men's. Imagine, imagine, imagine go to a music of... festival and like you buy a day ticket. All right, I want yeah. to buy a Friday day ticket. All right, who's playing? A Deftones oh, oh, yeah. playing on the Friday. I don't know. It could be Friday. It could be Saturday. We don't know. Yeah, it's fucking. It's mental. Like essentially not announcing the lineup. Like yeah, once you know the match is there, like you expect some people to part ways with like hundreds of dollars for a ticket to potentially not see the match that they want because yeah. we're three weeks out you haven't told people what night it's on and uh, you, you have to buy your tickets so you have to buy your travel you have to book your hotel all right yeah. the, the 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 show might not have sold out but all the hotels in the area will start to exactly get up. so you've got to put that in a, that's a big gamble yeah man yeah nonsense uh i mean it's WrestleMania. i'm still gonna watch it i'm still gonna get hammered and there'll still be something to take away and enjoy from it so that's the main thing you can take something away from it that you enjoy, then... I mean, on a, on a positive note, since they've gone to two nights, I do appreciate the shorter run times. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, it, it, as a UK viewer, we're not finishing at, like, six in the morning anymore. Yeah, that was awful. Sun coming up, staggering out the pub. Did that for a few manias. Um, move on. Uh, some news about Gabe Stevenson. Uh, sorry, Gable Stevenson. Uh, he may have spoiled his WWE debut, as he noted in a now-deleted tweet that he'll be at WrestleMania 38. Uh, Stevenson, who won his second NCAA Heavyweight Championship uh, over the past weekend, posted a tweet in which it said he would be at WrestleMania, adding, it's time. It's a quick one. It's Stevenson. There's no end. Oh, it is, isn't it? There we go. It's, a, it's, a, it's such a weird it's name. A, it is a, Stevenson. Right. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Gable Stevenson. Not the son of Steven. The son of Steve. <laughs> um, he's been signed for them for a while, isn't it? Like, he got drafted to Raw in the last draft, and then yeah, just yeah. hasn't been seen. Well, since. they did make it. Didn't they make it quite, quite? Um, they made it quite sort of clear that he'll be finishing college first before he right before he moved up full time. And obviously, now he's finished his uh, NCAA um, sort of commitments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've not seen him. Like, I I, I don't follow. Uh, like collegiate amateur wrestler or anything like that. Um, but I'm led to believe that the NCAA or NCAA or whatever it is, is, is quite a big deal. It's where Brock kind of made a name for himself. They plug that heavily um, whenever they talk about him. So, and I think, isn't Stevenson someone that Brock kind of took under his wing and was quite kind of adamant about him? I think so, WWE. yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what if, if he is at Mania, what his what sort of role he's gonna have because I don't think he's ready to go into a program because he no. hasn't done any pro wrestling training. Yeah, I no idea, no idea. I mean, will he will he just be in the crowd? Like, will he be accompanying someone to the ring, like Brock, for example? Maybe will he be cool. interfering on someone's behalf? Yeah, Brock's behalf. Maybe that. Oh, maybe maybe after Brock's done with this like universal title thing. Goes back, it goes into the tag team picture. We get him and Stevenson. I'd like, I'd, like, I'd like that. I think that'd be all right. Yeah. I mean, to my knowledge, Brock's never been in like the tag team picture. He's always just been a singles guy. So, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be good. Just have what they're doing with like Danielson and, and uh, Mox. Just top just, murder boys. Just top, top murder boys. <laughs> all right. Moving on then, we've got some more ticketing news. So we talked about, uh, about, 
WrestleMania shifting tickets. Uh, we've got some for the whole weekend. Uh, so NXT Stand and Deliver has apparently been set up for 5,059 fans. Specifically. I mean, that's a lot of... Fans. They, there's only so many horny 60-year-olds in any given location. <laughs> um, so the Wrestling Observer Newsletter says that early ticket sales indicate that WWE will easily pass this number and probably open more seats. So that's going to be a, a full house. You'd yeah. assume. I mean, they're, they're aiming low, but it's going to be a full house. Mm-hmm. That's I like... Mean- that's like mid two thousand and ten TNA numbers. Yeah, I mean that it's developmental. That's like they're literally treating it like developmental. Like mm. they're not going to be getting takeover kind of capacity crowds anymore, are they? Like, when they used to run at the fucking Barclays Centre. Yeah, man, like fifteen to like eighteen thousand or something, like sell out in the Barclays, and now like five six thousand. Like I don't know. Now it's There's... just like an old porno theatre somewhere. <laughs> Come and watch people grind on each other for 90 minutes. <laughs> Can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, uh, so to cut on from this, I like like we said about the actual uh, mania itself. So WrestleMania 38 still has more than 20,000 tickets outstanding for both nights. Uh, what is the capacity of, of the, the venue uh, they're running? Where's it at again? Uh, is it Dallas? Cannot remember now. Is it Cowboy Stadium? Is it the Cowboys Stadium? That, that's it's, big, if it is. That's a big stadium. Uh, see, it's the AT&T Stadium. The Jerry Dome. <laughs> the thing is, with the stadiums, like, well, so the capacity of the AT&T is... Their record attendance for football was 105,000. Um, capacity, 80,000, expandable, up to 105. The thing is... With the football, obviously, it's just the seating, not the pitch. But wrestling, they take up a lot of the pitch as well, so they add to that. So I, I don't. But you know. also lose a section of the dome as well because you have to have the backstage area. Oh, of course, area. you have to have the backstage. Ah, right, yeah. right. I'd say it's probably going to be 90,000. I mean, still, it's a it's a far cry from just a couple of years ago when they were cramming in a few like extra seats to break the record. Yeah, this is this is where they broke the record. Um, AT and T. Uh, so, yeah, oh, they basically said, yeah, yeah they, they literally just got like someone's mum to sit on a chair for like 10 minutes. Like, look, we broke the record. So, yeah, so basically they said they'll definitely, obviously, they'll definitely sell some more of these tickets. But I think they're sort of resigned to the fact that this will not, they will not be sell-out events. Nah. I mean, that's what happens when you put it in a big fuck-off stadium. If The thing is, like, where does that lie? Like, do, do you want it to sell out? Because if you do, put it in a smaller venue don't then like yeah fine i think they're caught between a, a bit of a rock and a hard place here like they they want to sell out mm. but they don't want to be seen to be going to smaller venues but yeah. they don't have the same crowd they had five years ago no exactly exactly yeah let's say rock and a hard place um we'll stick with some wrestlemania adjacent news um as is theme uh there's now apparently a rumor going around and you can Take this with a pinch of salt, but there's a rumor going around via, uh, I believe, Squared Circle. Um, is that Reddit Squared yeah, Circle? Yeah, it's Reddit. Right. Ah. The Squared Circle is Reddit. Um, that the Stone Cold Steve Austin appearance on the KO show will headline WrestleMania Saturday night on April 2nd. I mean, it, pfft, really? So when, when, when we remember the the two the two nights eras of WrestleMania where we're talking about those those wonderful first night matches where we're talking about the Boneyard match. Uh-huh. We'll talk about Sasha versus Sasha Bianca. Sasha versus Bianca, yeah. And we'll talk about when Kevin Owens interviewed Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I mean it, on the one hand, it makes total sense because Austin's the biggest name they've got for that night. Hmm. But uh- it's not a match. It's not exactly. It's not a match, unless it's going to turn into a match. But, but if I, no, but if you've got Austin wrestling, you're screaming from the rooftops. You've got Austin wrestling. That's true. Yeah, you don't yeah. announce it like five seconds before it happens. <laughs> going back to the last bit of news, if you want to sell out a venue, announce that you've got Stone Cold wrestling. That'll shift you your last twenty thousand tickets. Exactly. If you've got that, you don't sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Um, yeah. By that point, I'll be too drunk to care, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, me and you both. 
Uh, right, moving on. Uh, some other puzzling news. Alexa Bliss apparently doesn't know why she currently is not being used on TV, according to a tweet she's posted back on March 1st. She's actually done a series of tweets now where she's basically just said, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea what's happening. Um, <laughs> she last appeared at Elimination Chamber, and PW Insider have reported that there are currently no plans to use her until at least after WrestleMania. How have you not got anything for Alexa Bliss? That's fucking staggering, that is. They spent all that money on Ronda Rousey, right? So, you know. <laughs> like, I get that the whole thing with The Fiend didn't work out. You binned off Bray. You tried to have her carry on the gimmick. It didn't work. People didn't buy into it. Fine. Just have her go back to what she was doing before. Yeah. It was fine. She was over. She's a really good wrestler. You've got an ever-thinning women's division, as it is. How can you afford to have people like Alexa Bliss sat there doing nothing? When you've got people like Bailey that are out injured, like Asuka, who's been Asuka, gone. who's again been doing for, like just nothing for like it's balmy, absolutely nuts. They've got such a talent of women's wrestling there, and they keep half of them off TV because they haven't got a clue what to do with them. It's mad, proper, proper puzzle, as you said, puzzling news. Um, we'll go to some news about some. Uh, new talent signing uh, that WWE have confirmed uh, signed with the company early this week. Uh, a few names here. Uh, Teresa Shulissa, who recently debuted on NXT as Fallon Henley and has previously competed on the indies as Tesha Price. Kayla Inlay, a former cheerleader who's been training with Tyler Breeze at his flatback school. Uh, is that the one that him and Sean Spears run? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Joseph Skullthorpe, uh, six foot two, three hundred and five pound former NCAA offensive lineman, uh, who was signed by the Atlanta Falcons as an undrafted free agent. You can Maddie, kind of see why Vince might want him. Six foot two, three hundred and five pounds. Fuck me. Just Big boy so, season. <laughs> offensive line. It just sounds like Goldberg, doesn't he? Just yeah. A monster. Uh, Maddie Kinsley a six-time state champion gymnast who competed on the independent scene as Nikita Knight. Uh, Calix Hampton, a former acrobatics and tumbling champion. What's a tumbling champ? Look, what do you do in tumbling? Tumbling is like rolling, isn't it? Like Just fashionably rolling. Tumbling, yeah, like t- a tumbler. It's like a, like a circus thing. I haven't even it as a circus thing, like tumbling is like what clowns do when they like pratfall and stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm, I'm getting more to it than that. In, in, a, in a in a champion at a championship level, I like I to say think it's a championship bit... <laughs> level. Like it's not going to be long before we see that in the Olympics, is it? We're going to get Olympic level tumbling. It's going to be another weird niche sport I'll get into. Uh, Michelle Lavely, who competed on the independent scene as Mother Lover, uh, Jake Tucker uh, won the 2014 WWE Show Us Your Superstar contest when he was 19. Uh, As part of that contest, he actually got to be on the SummerSlam pre-show panel. Oh, okay. So he has appeared on WWE TV before. Nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, Bianca Corelli, daughter of WWE Hall... Right. When was Santino Morella inducted into the Hall of Fame? Apparently it's happened. I'm, I, I took this off of off of the internet. Damn. That flew under the radar. Uh, yeah, Bianca Corelli, daughter of WWE Hall of Famer Santino Morella who's trained extensively in MMA with a focus on judo, jiu-jitsu, and boxing. Uh, David Bostian, a folk-style wrestler and powerlifter. What's folk-style wrestling? All right, so I, I actually looked this up because I knew you'd ask this. He uh, it is, uh, it's very similar to, like, to, to Olympic. It's a, a style of Olympic wrestling, so there's okay. freestyle wrestling and folk-style. Freestyle features is more about... Um, exposing weaknesses in your opponent's stance and stuff and folk style is more about getting just forcing your opponent down to the floor oh wow so it's, okay. it's more about Pretty like utilizing leverage and yeah oh, there is right, right. It's, it's a whole thing I, I spent like okay. five minutes reading it and my brain started hurting so <laughs> that's pretty cool uh and finally uh carla gonzalez better known of rock there better known as roxy uh she was the inaugural ring of honor women's champion and a former student of Hall of Famer Booker T. Um, I've heard big, big things about Roxy. Uh, comes in with uh, quite a bit of fanfare, as mentioned, um, inaugural Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Uh, and she's only 
I think 20 or 21 as well. She's 20. She's disgustingly young. Uh, just, sorry, just before we, we move on, can confirm Santina Morella, not in the Hall of Fame. That not is in the Hall of Fame. Agreed, right. Sarah. Um, we do apologise for implying <laughs> that Santina Morella is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Santina Morella, she was straight in first ballot. But, you yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, quite a few signings there. Um, Obviously, the, the two most notable is Roxy and uh, Bianca, because they've both, they've both been rumoured for some time to have been yeah. joining the yeah. company, haven't they? And it's nice to see the, the official confirmation there. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. A few more bits to get through then. Yeah, another one. This is act publishing because it's quite funny. <laughs> so, in a rare act of humility, uh, WWE have cited their defeat in key demos by AEW as proof that they do not hold a monopoly over professional wrestling as part of their motion to have a case brought against them by MLW thrown out. No way. So, uh, do, you want to, do you want me to sort of break this down for you? Yeah, um, I, I know a little bit about this. So, basically, MLW basically have sued WWE. Yes, I heard that, about that. Yeah, and they said basically that you they had like agreements in place with them that sort of prevented them from taking other opportunities and then WWE sort of reneged on them so they lost these other opportunities. They, they were going to have a TV show, basically. Right. And maybe I think it was maybe going to go on the network. Okay. So, so they helped, they basically turned down other networks to sign with knowing that they were going to go on the, the WWE network. Mm. And then WWE basically went, I oh, know we don't want, you know. So they sued them and said, well, look, we passed on this opportunity. Now you've turned us down. You're like the only game in town. So now mm. we can't get on TV. And so WWE turned around and said, actually, look, this other company beat us in the ratings demos they didn't say ratings they said demos they right. beat us in the demos so this proves that we're not the only wrestling company in town wow wow as if, as if that's how they've said it as well key demos not ratings demos but also oh can't take the blame on this because we're not the only people that do wrestling yeah exactly why don't you go and talk to them because we're not look we can prove that like because these guys did really well they're, they're, they're trying to like not praise AEW but also like use them to it's like, like a, it's like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, yeah, they've they've literally been forced to admit a bit of defeat to save themselves from a lawsuit. Also, the the the, the thing in there that gets me proof that they do not hold a monopoly over professional wrestling. So is that them also considering themselves professional wrestling, or are they still sports entertainment? Sports entertainment. Right. Okay. Just to clear that up. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm sure. I'm sure that word like blood was like pouring out of the pores of the lawyer who wrote the word professional wrestling down on the uh, on the motion ah uh, penultimate bit of news uh, Matt Benz Andrew Zarian has been told by WWE writers that the job quote beats the creativity out of you some of them have lost total confidence in themselves as a writer despite previous experience working on top tier television shows I mean you only have to look at like you only have to watch an episode of Raw for an hour, half an hour, to see that it's just just driveling nonsense. There's there's no creativity there. There's no there's no spark. Like it just it's think- absolutely crazy because one thing that WWE gets a lot of criticism for from all and rightly so from all corners is its misuse of talent. Yeah, and you talk about like there, there are there are bad matches. In WWE, mm. that feature great wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. It, it doesn't surprise me at all to learn that we are we are also having bad storylines mm. written by great writers. The thing is, the thing is for me, and it, it sucks to hear that. Like you never want the creativity beating out of you and losing yourself. And I know what, like, partly know what that's like. I've worked in jobs where I've tried to install and instill some creativity, and and it's you know, kind of met with a wall and, and you start to lose that spark and it's difficult to pick that back up again. But you're hiring writers. And I know this, this probably goes into what I was saying on the last point about kind of sports entertainment and professional wrestling, but you're hiring people that come from like fucking, I don't know, these TV, like comedy shows, sitcoms and stuff to write like a wrestling show. And on numerous occasions, people that they have hired have come out and said, like, you know, I've had no prior interest or knowledge in professional wrestling. And yet they're expected to come in and write stuff for people that are professional wrestlers. So there's no wonder that it doesn't translate over because a lot of them seemingly don't have that passion or knowledge for the business. Which begs the question, in 2022, do you need to write a professional wrestling show? Wow, yeah. Yeah. Just, just be trusting in the people that you've got there. 
and by the people that you've got there, I mean the wrestlers themselves, to be able to write their own characters yeah. or to be able to have creative input in their own characters. Because the thing is, you've brought these guys and gals in because you've seen what they've done elsewhere in independent promotions, whatever it is. There's been something there that you said, you know, we want that. We want to turn that, you know, we want to put out the global platform. Why turn that on its head and completely change it? Like they were good enough what they were doing for you to bring them in. And they did that themselves off their own back. They built up their character. They, you know, that creativity was there from them. Why diminish all that, take that all away? Uh, it's really, really staggering. It's hey, how, how long have you got to my response to this, by the way? Because <laughs> this is we what we've hit a on, whole episode. I mean, what you've, what you've hit on here now is, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, the, the root cause of what's wrong with WWE in its mm-hmm. current format is that everything has to serve the brand. Everything has to serve WWE. WWE doesn't serve the performers. Mm-hmm. Like, so you you bring in the best wrestlers and the best writers. Okay, the wrestlers have to wrestle the WWE style which is already set in stone. Mm. The writers have to write for an audience of one for in that WWE style. Everything has to, you, you're bringing in all of these, all of this great talent and you're trying to homogenize it all down mm. into this like bland, easily palatable, multifaceted product that's going to appeal to nobody but offend nobody at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's more important now that you have a product that can be broadcast in 78 countries to all different types of people and it's not going to upset anyone, but at the same time, it's not going to excite anyone. Like just Game of Thrones, Game of, of Thrones is upsetting and like and like you know quite shocking to some people, and they don't like it because it's a bit too bloody and a bit too full of sex and a bit too mm. this and that. But some people absolutely love it, and it's their whole it's their whole jam. Yeah, yeah. Whereas what you're actually making is the one show. <laughs> the one show. <laughs> That's. That's an accurate comparison. Which is just the fucking thing that is on the TV when you go to your nuns. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah, it's just... it's just, just the, You could just have just, it on in the background and pay no attention to it. the TV equivalent of just plain porridge. <laughs> plain porridge. Every now and again, you might get like half a teaspoon of jam on there. Yeah, you might get that. a little bit of sugar over the top, maybe. Like your little, your little <laughs> Seth Rollins, like, you know, Super Curbs done, but you ran the Orton RKO. But, that's it. <laughs> I agree. That's uh, that's a great comparison. Uh, let's let's not get bogged down with that. You're gonna move on to the last point. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another time. I'm sure we'll hear more about that in in, in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Um, right, and then something exciting to finish with um, for all of our. Well, this is for anyone listening in the UK. A source has told WrestleVotes that there will not may will be a WWE pay per view event. Sorry, premium live event. In the Don't United Kingdom, in the United Kingdom on Saturday the September on Saturday September the third at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. Is that the Millennium Stadium? Yeah, yeah, they changed its name them. a couple of years. So the yeah. Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, interestingly, this is the same weekend that AEW's All Out pay per view will air as well. Uh, so it'll be the day before. So the AEW well, more or less does on the Sundays now. So hmm. I'm booing. I'm not here for this. I'd go, like, even though I don't watch WWE all that much, like, I'd go to a big stadium show, especially as it's going to be a pay-per-view event. And I'm not here. I'm in the States, so I'm booing. Um, the last one was, like, 2001? Like Rebellion was last... or Insurrection or something? When was the last Insurrection? 2001? It's, it's been nigh on, nigh on 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's going to be, like, they're bringing back an old pay-per-view, like, name. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's Insurrection, Rebellion... What was the other one like? Was it Capital Punishment or something? No, it was the one they did in Washington, D.C., wasn't it? But didn't they do one here? Did they do well, one in like, London as well? I'm sure Maybe. they did. I've only been binned off uh, Harry Smithy. <laughs> Could have come out uh, to here as welcome. Could have done. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm, it'll be cool. It'll be a spectacle. Like, the only, my, <laughs> my only worry is we're going to get Drew McIntyre and fucking Tyson Fury in the main event. Because that was apparently what they wanted to do before the pandemic hit. Yeah, in a big event over here. I feel like that's what we'll probably get. Is that? Is that what you? Is that? What you, is that what they need to do in Wales? Have a Scottish man fight a boxer? <laughs> yeah, that's what we all want. Somebody wake up Mason Ryan. Get him back. <laughs> Fucking Mason Ryan. 
Welsh Ryback. <laughs> Ryan versus Rob Terry in the main event. Book it. Oh, Christ. The Welsh right. Dragons collide. <laughs> New will never be the same again. <laughs> that is everything for WWE. Uh, and, and I want a member of Goldock and Jane in each corner. Oh, soap bar on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> That's everything for WWE uh, and NXT news. Let's move on to some AEW and Ring of Honor news. Um, kick it off, Christopher Daniels uh, has said that AEW's, uh, sorry, Christopher Daniels, who is AEW's head of talent relations, appeared at a DDT Pro Wrestling 25th anniversary show to announce a working relationship between the two companies. Michael Nakazawa later uh, later clarified that this also includes DDT's sister promotion, JWPJ, God, I can't hear my words today, TJPW as well. The Observer notes that AEW and DDT's partnership won't have any effect on the relationship with New Japan Wrestling. Um, I've seen very few things from DDT Pro over the years, but it looks absolutely Batshit. Would you um, like me to run this down for you a little bit? Because yeah. this is so. First of all, um, so TJPW is Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. That is, this is exciting because this is the promotion that Makito is the champion of. Okay. So that's that's, that's cool. exciting. Yeah. Um, the current openweight champion in DDT Pro Wrestling is Takeshita, who came over to AEW a little bit last year and had a okay. few matches. He uh, he apparently just tweeted, "I'm ready." Nice. So he's, Kenny Omega's a massive fan. No, Kenny Omega has worked in DDT Pro as well, so okay. he's he's been quite heavily involved. DDT Pro, you might also remember, is also the home of the the Metalweight Championship. I can't remember its full name. Um, what is this? Oh my god, it's the greatest championship in all of wrestling. I will tell you. I'll give you some facts about it because <laughs> I can't wait for this to make. It, it's actually already appeared in AW um, on some BT bits, obviously. Right. It is the Ironman Heavy Metal Weight Championship. Fucking hell. I love the sound of it. So already. this is a belt. It's kind of like a 24-7 title. It's been around since 2000. And there have been, as of yesterday, there have been 1,545 <laughs> officially recognized title reigns between 391 different individuals, wow. seven teams, and 43 inanimate objects or animals. <laughs> Oh man, this sounds Most, like absolute nonsense. So it can be won by anyone or anything at any time. <laughs> so most famously, or most recently, hilariously, um, they were so DDT Pro was celebrating uh, reaching a, a thousand YouTube subscribers. So they had like a tablet up on a stand with like the YouTube page up with like a thousand um, subscriber count on, so you could see it. Right. And during the second, that fell on the champion and pinned him. <laughs> so all one hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. Collectively became the champion. <laughs> other other hilarious champions include a copy of the Young Bucks book, Killing the Business. Brilliant. And most no and most uh, Vince McMahon's Hollywood Walk of Fame star. <laughs> and the title itself landed on someone and pinned it and became its own champion. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, I can't wait to see people like. Dan Housen, fucking like Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, and Dark like, Order. Yeah. Oh, I mean, mate. so there is a lot of goofy stuff in DDT. There are also some like incredible, like strong style matches and yeah. really good strong style wrestlers. Eddie Kings is already throbbing at the mouth with like a list of like people he wants to fuck up in DDT, which <laughs> obviously he obviously he is. Um, so yeah, awesome. That sounds batshit, but I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm just gonna give you one more one more example. Rain a beer can. So, <laughs> champion Yukio Sakaguchi drank from the can and fell backwards with the can landing on top of him. The referee counted the pin. However, the can lost the belt after Yuki Unio drank its remaining contents. <laughs> oh, mate. Just, I, I'd love to be sat around a creative table for that. <laughs> Just all of the weed. How much weed is too much weed? <laughs> So, yeah, it's uh, great to see. So, yeah, so this this is not only uh, as Nakazawa said, not only a partnership with DDT, also a, pro, uh, a partnership with Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, which is fantastic. Obviously, yeah. AEW's original plan for a women's division was to bring a lot of Joshi wrestlers over. The pandemic sort of put the kibosh on that. Yeah. If this leads to another one of those awesome sort of 
America, Japan, sort of two two sort of bracket tournaments in yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that come back. If they Definitely. did it with, with with TJPW, that'd be brilliant. If Maki Ito comes back, that'd be brilliant because she was over as fuck when she, she came to it. Massively AW. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good to see her over here. So yeah, it just it's just cool to see yeah, this sort of talent exchange going on. Um and they talked very specifically, they talked more uh, so talking about they talked more about DDT talents coming over to America as opposed mm. to the other way. So I yeah, think it's yeah. still it's still seen as like a big part of um, like gr- the training process for Japanese wrestlers to come and, mm-hmm. and work in American like style and work with American audience. Yeah, yeah. I know famously um, Okada worked in TNA very oh, yeah. good days, and he was booked terribly. He was he was not used well at all, mm. uh, and he actually <laughs> he was booked so badly. It's soured relationships between New Japan and, and TNA. However, really? he himself credits his time in America as the inspiration for his remaking gimmick, and he credits all of his success to that that period of his, of his career. Oh, okay. So it, cool. it's yeah, it, it's really cool that it, it can just help everyone out. We get mm. to see some awesome matches, hopefully. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a nice, exciting bit of something. Speaking yeah. of partnerships, well, not even partnerships. How can you have a partnership with yourself? Well, we're about to find out. Um, <laughs> AEW president Tony Khan appeared on Busted Open Radio recently to announce that following his recent purchase of Ring of Honor, he would not be moving the date of the upcoming Supercard of Honor event, despite it clashing with AEW's own Rampage show. So there's a Rampage. It's on a Friday. Okay. Um, so he's basically said that because it's already set in stone, people have bought tickets. He said, I'm not going to move the event. He said he's going to go forward. He's not going to have clashing events again. Mm. This is like going to be a one-off, but yeah. he's going to keep it where it is for now. And he said, it's going to be weird because I'm going to be competing against myself. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he also said, additionally, it's his intention to use this event as a way to relaunch Ring of Honor alongside what he hopes will be either a television product or some sort of weekly series, whether that be on TV, whether that be streamed. Stream service, yeah, yeah. Yeah, however they do it. Uh, super excited because one ring of honor back basically. Yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> um, really excited uh, for that. In terms of roster, he said that although AEW talent will appear, he stated that he will use a mixture of quote top stars from the recent Ring of Honor and some of the great wrestlers who have been in Ring of Honor historically. Some other Joe then. I mean, can you imagine? Go- <laughs> can you imagine the the fucking pop when CM Punk walks back out in Ring of Honor? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, of the three Hall of Fame, of the three Ring of Honor. Like Hall of Famers that are going in this year, AEW have already got two of them on there. Yeah, backs. exactly. And one of them's coming up to the end of his like no compete clause fairly soon. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't think we'll see Joe in AEW, but I think there's a good chance we'll see him pop back up and Ring of Honor. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, so we also said, yeah, so he's going to do that, try and honor the sort of legacy of Ring of Honor whilst also putting his own stamp on it, which nice. sounds really good. Really promising. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Like, I didn't follow Ring of Honor massively. Um, but I know that a lot of wrestlers like you know attribute it to the kind of start of their careers, and you know, it's it's a who's who's list of people that have gone on to you know bigger, better things, whether it be AEW, WWE, New Japan, um, that have all come through that ring of honor system. So yeah, very excited to see what they do of it, whether that would say be as you say, a kind of TV show, uh streaming thing, whatever it is. It's, very, very, very exciting. So, um, sticking with some uh, Ring of Honor news, uh, it's not clear if Jonathan Gresham will work for one or both of Tony Khan's companies, but Fightful Select reports that Gresham is currently in talks with Ring of Honor and AEW. Uh, it's said that there have been assets produced, which will indicate that he'll be working with Khan in some fashion I mean, did, did you not ask him when you saw him yesterday? No, I, did I didn't know. He was, he was too busy. Too busy winning titles. Too busy winning titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't care where he goes. I just want to see him on TV because he's very, 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 very good. So have, have, do you realise, so yesterday, obviously, um, Troy, you went to the progress show where Jonathan Gresham defeated Kieran Car- uh, Caranoir to win the progress, progress world title yeah. with with fuckery from Spike Trevay top story Spike Trevay clouted Karin Awar in the head with a chair while the rest back was turning Gresham pinned him and then threw up the fingers to the crowd so it might be a bit of a Gresham heel turn uh, so this means that Jonathan Gresham who is the Ring of Honor champion a company owned by Tony Khan the owner of AW mm-hmm. is also the progress wrestling champion a company that has a business relationship with WWE yeah, mental. Does that mean Jonathan Gresham is the forbidden door? <laughs> it must be. 
by that merit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, I can't wait. I, Jonathan Gresham deserves the world. Yeah. He's he, awesome. is, he is not only a, a wonderfully humble person and a very lovely person to talk to, but he's also an excellent professional wrestler. Yeah. Absolutely superb wrestler. Um, yeah, as I say, just excited to see him on TV or wherever that is, whether it's AEW Ring of Honor, just just get him on the TV doing that good wrestles. Yep, so moving on then, um, talk about AEW's upcoming double or nothing pay-per-view. It has apparently broken the all-time gate record in North America for a non-WWE show. So according to Dave Meltzer, the show has currently shifted 12,939 tickets grossing a total of $1.145 million. That's $1,145,000. Beating the previous record of $1,100,000 for the 2019 Ring of Honor New Japan G1 Supercard event in Madison Square Garden. Damn. Is, I didn't put it in here, but it's also, that makes it only the third show ever to crack a million dollars. That's not WWE as well. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. Also, so it's, 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 Broke through a million dollars and they've shifted, let's say, 13,000 tickets. How expensive are each of those tickets? Let's do some quick math here because they must be pretty pricey. Because I mean, 30,000 is a lot of people, but I mean, it's $88 a ticket. Okay, average that's, that's not that bad, eh. considering you've got you love it, you're your front row seats would be like hundreds, wouldn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, AEW, the one thing they're pretty good at, like I think their 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 um tick prices normally start off thirty five, forty dollars. That's good. That's reasonable for like your for like your nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah reasonable. And there's good a lot stuff. of diehard fans who'll pay them big bucks oh, yeah. for the, to be on the hard cam. For sure, for sure. Sweet, yeah. Um, very much looking forward to w, uh, double or nothing. Um, and that's in Vegas as well. So it's a it is. it's it's a market that AW haven't been to since the start of the pandemic. No, it's where it's where AW actually started. Well, it didn't. Yeah, it's where AW actually started. Where they first so, started. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moxley yeah. when he was he was living there, wasn't he? He made his debut. That was it. Um, and now after this, they're going to the West Coast for the first time in a long mm-hmm. time, and they've, they've broken records there all over the place with ticket mm-hmm. sales. It's the, all the books have to do is like look at a venue over in the West Coast. It just, <laughs> it just sells out. So. Um, the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter reports that CM Punk was apparently absent from this week's AEW Dynamite and Rampage shows because he was busy filming for the second season of Heels and is expected to miss a few weeks with his commitments. Good. Because Heels is fucking awesome. Stuff's still not seen it, you know. Oh, get on it. I know. I need to watch it. I do. Get on it. It's good. Really, really good. That's the um, one that's, um, what's his face in it? Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's superb. Uh, really, really good. It's on uh, Star Play, I think, on That's on uh, Amazon. That's something you have to pay extra for on Prime, isn't it? Uh, at the time I got it, it was free for the first six months. Oh, that's okay. So I'll, I'll have a look at that. probably just do that and then cancel it. Well, I might wait until season two comes out now. I'm just watching both. True, true. Yeah. yeah, well worth it. Really, really good program. Uh, strongly, highly recommend it for anyone that hasn't seen it. Even if recommending it to people that aren't even wrestling fans and have watched it and have really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's, I think it's helped them to appreciate kind of the business and the workings a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah. it's interesting that they, they put Punk over at Revolution, knowing that he was going to be missing for a few weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So unless you just unless they're trying to like make people forget, about it. And I, th- I think they want to do a bit of a character reset on them because I, want, I think they want to come back a bit heelish. I think he's going to come sure. back and challenge Hangman. Okay. So I think they maybe want to have people forget about him a yeah, little bit, yeah, yeah. and then he can come back as like dickhead punk. Yeah, I mean, wasn't he showing shades of that in the MJF feud? Yeah, last month or so. It was a, very sense. much a, an "Am I the bad guy?" Mm. It was sort of his sort of inner monologue. Yeah. So yeah, that was nice. cool. Uh, speaking of people not being around. Uh, Daddy Dave once more Dave Meltzer has provided an update on Kenny Omega's status as he continues to recover from the myriad injuries which have plagued him over the last few years so according to Meltzer Kenny is currently recovering from knee surgery which should take about 10 weeks he's also scheduled for further surgery at the end of March to repair his sports hernia which carries a two month recovery and as such there is currently no timetable set for his return 
you forget what well, you said a myriad of injuries. You forget just how crocked he was. And it was wrestling through all of that for the yeah. last few we years. We haven't even talked about the vertigo. Barmy. We haven't talked about the shoulder injury. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't yeah, yeah, talked yeah. about. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Kenny back this year. I was just about to say the same. Just yeah. we don't need him. He can take as long as he no, needs. Exactly. Get himself fit. Yeah, yeah. Just let um, him sit at home and just play persona, whatever it is he's Persona for Arena. He was having a good old time on that the other night, wasn't he? <laughs> have you seen his, uh, have you seen his setup? It looks I have ridiculous. Boss. Really, really, really good. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's mad, as I say. that uh, We've spoken about it a few times, but like whenever his injuries come up and, and updates on it and stuff, and it's always just like, how the hell is he, or how the hell was he continuing to wrestle through all of that? Not just for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, like literally years. Yeah. Mental. Uh, I saw mental. another news article. I couldn't find it to put it in here. Um, that someone, I can't remember who it was, but someone basically commended Kenny and said, as an EVP, he's like still incredibly active as well on a day to day level. Yeah. So he's still working on the on the console game. Mm-hmm. He's still present in all the meetings and everything, even though he's like dealing with all this horrendous yeah, yeah. shit going on in his in his professional life. Fair so yeah, I mean, so. say what you will about Kenny Omega. You might not be a, people might not be a fan of his in the ring necessarily, but you can't doubt that he's not a tough bastard. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, PW Insider's sources at AEW have confirmed that there was heat on Joey Janela for injuring Eddie Kingston and, quote, there is a, there was an internal belief that several talents have been hurt while working with him in the ring. I haven't seen this. Is this in regard to his eye injury? Or is something yes, else? so apparently it was a kick from Janela that broke Kingston's abdomen. Christ. I did. I, I saw somewhere that Kingston himself said that there was no heat between the two of them. Okay. I did a little dive back on his Twitter to try and find it, but he just posted a load of two-pack songs, so I couldn't find it. It was just <laughs> lost in there somewhere. So. <laughs> uh, is it is Joey Janela, is it him recently that's come out he's not re-signing or he's coming yes. towards the end of his contract? Yeah. His contract's expiring and he doesn't want to sign another one. Okay. And he also said that basically AW just stopped talking to him. Really? He just goes yeah. to him? Fuck. I mean, he won't struggle for work. He's got everything he does with GCW, like his whole spring break thing and stuff. Like, Yeah, he, he said there's no, there's no like, bad blood no. or hard feelings. He said he yeah, just yeah. wants to focus on what he enjoys most. Fair enough. Which is GCW, basically. Yeah, fair enough. Good man. I think it's probably the best place for him. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? Like, Because the AW of 2022 is a very different company than the one that signed Joey Janela in 2019. Yeah, massively. Yeah, and when every time he's never he's never really caught on with the with the loud crowd. I don't think, no. especially in AW. Like he had he had he had some really good matches with Kenny early on, and then like yeah, that really know. good one with Mox as well a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was the the um anything goes match, wasn't it? The yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I just like he, I I really like Jordan Nella. I'm a big yeah. fan, but I just don't think he sort of. Made the most of all of his opportunities when he's given them an AW, maybe, or, or just because of bad luck or whatever, for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked yeah. out. And it's just a, it's a bit of a shame, but you'll be fine. You'll, you'll always have, you'll always have work at GCW. You'll have GCW, and GCW feels like it's on, like the wheels are really in motion. It feels like it's on quite trajectory. Like, mm. and we, we see in, in, in the Discord, like the amount of shows that they're announcing and more and more matches for everything that they have going on over like Mania weekend. Um, they feel like they're really hitting their stride and they're really starting to kind of grow their audience. So I think he'll be fine there. Yeah, and, and also like him being on AW has brought people like I watch GCW now because I watched yeah. you know on AW and that's led me back to GCW. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's it's kind of cool that he's yeah. been able to do that. Uh he was also apparently back back in the early days, he was big he was like really quite influential for scouting new talent as well through the Indies. Okay. So they, they used it quite heavily for that. So yeah. Sweet. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass himself, Billy Ass, <laughs> uh, mentioned to Wrestling Inc.'s Nick Houseman that with Tony Khan's permission, he has recently filmed content for a future A&E documentary on D-Generation X. Nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. DX, DX was a fascinating time in wrestling, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> fascinating is maybe not the word I'd use, but yeah, cool. I can't think of anything else. We'll go with fascinating. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, uh, A&E do... What else is it that they do? There's something they've got with WWE. They've, well, just, they've just done something, haven't they? Was it the... 
Oh, was it the the evil like the villain? Possibly thing? they've just they've got signed a big deal with WWE to do stuff, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Because we know. were looking at it, we were looking at going A and A. Is that AEW? No, no, it's different. It's fine. It's like it's very similar, but it's it doesn't. It's not the same. Um, another <laughs> well, thing A and W. A and W. Another thing I saw about uh, speaking of Dan Hans and uh, Billy Gunn, maybe in the same interview, uh, he said that he loved that Dan Hansen called Austin Colton ass boys. Because he said basically like, it means he can use it to wind them up, um, and he, he, get, he gets a real kick out of it. And he said Top it's really dad good. Billy Gunn. It's really good because like it's just giving them something that's stuck. And it's like he said like yeah, you just got to throw stuff at the wall and see what works. And who'd have thought Dan Housen making an offhand comment gave them, was giving them like a a sort of career renaissance. Yeah, that's really cool. Really, really cool. Because like All praise if, Dan Housen. If you ever watch a, an AW show now, as soon as Billy, um, Austin Cotton, well, the, the Ass Boys chants are raw, are like just yeah. deafening. Yeah, yeah. They, they are the most over they've ever been, being the Aspoys. It's hilarious. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, and final bit of AEW news. Uh, a Fightful Select report on the AEW console game says that wrestlers are working with developers on a story mode. Kenny Omega understands how important a great first release could be and is determined to make sure the game is a success. I mean... That's just all the right words there, really, just, isn't it? Yeah, every, everything sounds good in there. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And well, I know we've, we've, just, some... we've just seen from like the, the new WWE game what can happen when you take a bit more time off and make sure yeah. you, you get it right, basically. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And they really are taking their time with this. And I know a lot of people are just like, are we ever releasing? Just like, well, no. Just we, we saw what happened with the last 2K game. And, and the rush to get that out, and it was broken. Like, if it means they're taking an extra year and it comes out and it's superb, I'm all right with that. As the great Shigeru Miyamoto once said, a delayed game is eventually great, a bad game is bad forever. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely be getting that once it comes out. Uh, that wraps up everything for AEW Ring of Honor news. We'll go to the rest of the world, and it's, it's just one piece of rest of the world. Yeah, news. just a little quick one. A little, little quick little, nugget for you. little nugget. Uh, so Impact Wrestling star Hernandez has apparently finished up with Impact Wrestling. Uh, Fightful Select reported that Hernandez has finished up with the company after being written off on an injury angle earlier this year. So he last wrestled for them in January, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, he's he did... been in the UK since. Oh, has he? Yeah. Um... I'm scared. That's too close. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really know much. Of him, uh, he's the one that does the border toss as the finisher, doesn't he? Yeah, so he was in his best run, his, his most famous run. He was in the original LAX with Homicide, okay, and Conan as the manager. Then he was in oh, the, the, the stable I saw him most in was in a simple Mexican America right. with a guy called Anarchia who broke Chris Saban's knee, Ooh. put him on the shelf for a year. Ooh. Um, so we don't talk about that. <laughs> and then uh, he came back later and <laughs> very nearly. Got impact cancelled and um, made, nearly made go bankrupt. Jesus. So he debuted in the Beatdown Clan, which was the precursor to uh, the Hurt Business. Right. So it was um, MVP, Kenny King, Samoa Joe, Homicide, I think Loki. And then they brought in Hernandez as well. He claimed he was out of contract, but he was still under contract with Lucha Underground. Oh, so, so he showed yes. up. They taped like six weeks of shows with Hernandez on, and then he turned around and said, "If you air any of that, we will sue the shit out of you." Fucking hell! So, wow. so impact had to like reshoot like six weeks of tapings. That's balmy. So he went away for a bit after that. Next time he popped up was with Homicide again, and. Eddie Kingston as the OGs, and they feuded mm-hmm. against the new LAX, Santana and Ortiz, and Conan. Mm-hmm. They had an amazing um, no mat, like bare boards, sort of street fight, which I don't know how nobody died in that match. Just, the, the boards weren't secured. They were just like sliding around all over the place. Oh, Christ, that sounds horrific. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, they had that match. They had like a, like a, a they had like loads of really rough, like horrible street fights, basically. Mm. Uh, so they're the matches that really got me onto it because when I first started watching I was like oh they've got a new LAX they've got to be some dickheads and I'm like oh yeah. shit no these guys are really good yeah, yeah, yeah. these are the matches that got me into, into Proud and Powerful nice. um, and yeah I don't know what he's been doing since then really. he's probably just been, been kicking around kicking tyres <laughs> I know he's in the UK because um, I make Jim uh, Big Jim Big Jim Die Hard is meant to have a match uh, 
about a month or so against him. And I think for, I think it might have been like travel issues or something like that. Uh, but it wasn't. I don't. I don't think he made it over. Um, but I remember him saying like, "There's no way I'm taking the border toss. I'm not taking that. Like, <laughs> it looks horrible. I'm not having like a blind landing like, on the back yeah. of your neck." Yeah, the amount of people he's nearly killed doing that move is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a razor's edge except you physically throw them as far as hard as you can yeah yeah it's a no from me <laughs> <laughs> that's everything short and sweet this week uh thank you for joining us we'll be back next week same time with more uh, wrestling news from around the world uh but if you don't already in the meantime do give us a follow on our social media outlets youtube uh facebook and instagram at untitled wrestling podcast and Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast house in the Untitled Wrestling Podcast House. Here. <laughs>